This paid program may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Network. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Network does not take responsibility for the statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from our region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success, about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and to hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, broadcast from the offices of Cressa, your commercial real estate advisors. This is your host, John Schuhart, an executive coach from Greybeard Coaching. My co-hosts today are Haley Morris from Cressa, Chris Yoko from the Yoko Company, Andrea Dykes from Howard Insurance, Joe Meadows from Bean, Kinney & Corman, Alex Fleming from YHB CPA, and Jim Morgan from People Stretch Solutions. We have a great lineup of guests for you today on our show, including Molly Ponpadith, CEO and co-founder of SOAR Community Networks. Our second guest is Sam Rahani, COO and partner of Options for Senior America. Our third guest is Seth Moore, the CEO of T-Rex Solutions. And our fourth guest is Bao Vong, co-founder and president of Y Hotels. It is now my pleasure to introduce you to Molly Ponpadith. Molly, what is SOAR Community Networks? SOAR Community Network is a consortium of experts who support organizations, growing organizations with leadership development, empowering them to become sustainable so they can create greater social impact. And how large or how small is SOAR Community Networks? It is a family-run business, husband and wife team, and our consortium includes up to 30 experts that support us on projects. How did you get involved? How did I get involved? I'm the founder and CEO. I was inspired to um, lead people, to put people first, and to care about community. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. How or where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, uh, coming from... Laos, war-torn Laos, when I was a child, so I'm a child refugee um, of war. So what was it like uh, being a refugee? It was tough. It was uh, scary. It was um, quite challenging to grow up in a land where really you weren't accepted, and at the same time you struggled with your identity because you were taught to be one way at home, and then when you went to school you were expected to show up a different way. So it was a lot of identity crisis, I would say, as a child. How many siblings did you have? I have three siblings. There are a total of four of us. And what was your number in the birth order there? I'm the second child. And what was your role in the family or among the siblings? The responsible one, the go-to, the the bill writer, the letter reader, um, the errand runner. How did you inherit that role? Uh, I just naturally, I was the go-to. I think my personality is very much about go get it done, whatever it takes. And my parents knew that I would not say no. I would just get it done because I understood the importance of the mission of doing what we needed to do to move from poverty one day. So uh, how, how, what kind of living conditions did you have when you first arrived in the United States? Um, we were sponsored by a local church here in the D.C. area, and we were placed um, in Washington, D.C., southeast, murder capital of the world at the time, by the way. And uh, we were in a small apartment um, three different families, each in their own rooms in that apartment. Okay. Chris? So, I mean, with your parents coming over while you were so young, four kids, a lot going on, what did you learn from or model after your parents in terms of persistence and what helped you, you know, develop and grow SOAR? Uh, They were very creative. We 
would find ourselves um, figuring out how to eat, you know, because there, my dad became a janitor and my mom um, was uh, first a dishwasher and then a hotel housekeeper. So I would watch them and they would go and find ways to make money. They worked seven days a week. When my dad wasn't working, he would go to the church members in his broken English and draw pictures and ask if he could paint their fences or, you know, do any type of gardening just because he knew that that was what needed to happen to, to make more money. And what did you, out of seeing that kind of that hustle and that work, what was the payment that you saw come out or what was the reward you saw that uh, you then modeled after? Anything's possible. Like you just, you set a goal and, you know, you do what it takes. You get creative. You ask for help. Um, my dad, I remember, he, he showed up at um, a church member's home who was a real estate agent. And she kept saying, no, that's not the way it works here. You can't just buy a house. You can't just buy a house. You have to have a down payment. You have to do this. And he just, he was trying to explain to her, but again, limited English. So he just showed up at her house and he told her, buy home. Opened up the suitcase and it had $20,000 in there with his janitor salary. And we you know, were able to buy a home in seven years coming from nothing. Andrea? What activities did you participate in when you were younger? Did you play sports? What, what did you like to do for fun? We really didn't have any means to, to play sports, but we got great lessons on fishing and gardening and all the ways that really we could we could feed ourselves. So um, I spent a lot of time doing that and I, I call parenting a sport too. I was parenting my, my parents. I was teaching them English, whatever we learned at school. We came home and we taught taught our parents. What does fishing and gardening uh, have to do with running your business today? Oh my gosh, patience watching people nurture, watching sometimes crops fail and then having to reseed and rewater. Um, fishing is a practice of patience, knowing that you, you can't take it all home. You have to be able to throw things back in and allow them to grow. Um, a lot of different lovely lessons, uh, but most importantly that you can find a way to eat so long as you have a drive and a passion to move forward in life. And, and you mentioned earlier in the interview that you were f paying the family's bills. Was that something that mom and dad assigned to you? Why were, why were you doing that work? I remember my, my father and my mother, they were just so stressed out all the time. And they just didn't want to wait sometimes till two or three weeks um, because we would get notices to wait for a church member to come help and translate the document. So I learned, well, my siblings as well. But by the time I was able to read and write, I just said, I'll do it. Like, I don't know if we're going to miss a payment or get in trouble, so I'll just do it. And I think I started doing bills when I was about seven and a half. So, uh, many people wouldn't come out of your situation as optimistic and successful as you are. What experiences internally and externally can you attribute your success and your calm aura that clearly shows off of the way you speak and carry yourself? I'll give credit first and foremost to um, my grandmother. She uh, was home with us when my parents were working three, sometimes four jobs. And she just taught us the basic principle of um, calmness and she would teach us meditation. And my grandmother had gone through many, multiple wars that Laos had experienced through her lifetime. So she knew what it meant to basically go underground and duck from bombs, but she also knew what it meant to like talk to the birds and you know believe that everything has a purpose and a place. So I learned a lot of that from her and then a lot of people in my life, my mentors that came along the way that saw something special in me and they helped me realize that even though your situation is not so pretty, you are not your situation. So you mentioned in the green room, uh, one of your mentors, tell us about Ms. Cartwright. 
Miss Cartwright uh, was my ninth grade teacher, and she gave me the greatest gift, uh, the gift of my own gifts as a poet. She told me after an assignment, a writing assignment, that what I presented to her was not a journal entry, but it was prose. And I had no idea at the time what prose was. So I knew that that gift had come with me. So she was uh, instrumental in, in allowing me to see my natural gifts as a writer. And so I've written four books now, and I um, have been able to accomplish some big things with my writing, international bestselling being so you, one of them. You mentioned earlier that it was tough being one way at home and then another way outside, but it sounds like she tapped into helping you be who you really were. How do you help do that with the people that you coach and mentor? Oh, this is so good. You know, when we're talking about Mrs. Cartwright, she saw the gifts in me that I didn't see in myself. And a lot of the work that we do now is with leadership development is going to the personal side of who you are, talking about your soul, talking about the gifts that no one else has but you and uncovering that. And once people can feel empowered about their own gifts, they can lead better. Joe? Separate and apart from Miss Cartwright or anybody else, on your own, you were one of four children you were the second to oldest, so you weren't the oldest. How was it as being second to oldest that you were the calming force, that you were the, the parenting uh, kid of the other children, that they looked up to you as, as being somebody to listen to? I think bo- both of my sister and I, my older sister and I, are very loving people. Um, but my older sister is a little bit more introverted, and she's also a little bit more structured, where I'm a little bit more free-spirited, I'm diplomatic, so I kind of let things flow, and my parents sense that, and my siblings sense that, and there's a trust in that, you know, they can be who they are, they can say what they want, they can cry, they can get mad, and I'm kind of like, okay, you know, I'll just accept them as they are, and I think that's, that's really just a natural thing that, that I have. Molly, what's your website address? SoarCommunityNetwork.com. That's S-O-A-R. We've been speaking with Mali Pompadiv. Don't forget to visit our website, ExecutiveLeadersRadio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. We'll, we'll be back in a moment. We're talking with Lisa Curtin from Caldwell CPA. What is Caldwell CPA, Lisa? We're a certified public accounting firm located in Bethesda, Maryland. And what makes it special? We have a holistic approach to tax planning with our clients. We not only prepare tax returns and help them meet their financial goals, we take a look at the whole picture of what they do and who they are and put together a plan to help them meet their goals. And what special things do you bring to Caldwell CPA? I love people, so I really enjoy working with our team, um, developing our team, helping our team understand that there's a human being on the other side of the phone or the other side of the table, and at the same time being able to have connections with those um, the clients myself by just understanding more about their business and who they are. And Lisa, what's your website? CaldwellCPAs.com. That's CaldwellCPAs.com. We've been talking to Lisa Curtin from Caldwell CPA. I'm Tina Leone. I'm the CEO of the Boston Business Improvement District. And what is the Boston Business Improvement District? We work to attract, support, and connect the most compelling, creative, and ambitious minds in our region. Boston is known as an epicenter for research and discovery. Uh, Some of the greatest things that are invented, such as the MRI, the barcode, the internet, the first satellite, all were either conceived, funded, or developed by organizations here in Boston. How old is this organization? We're just just shy of six years old. How long have you been there? Uh, Almost six years as well. Did you found this organization? Yes, I, I am the founding CEO. Why did you do that? Well, the, the, the organization actually came about uh, by the commercial property owners in why, Boston. Why, why, why does it turn you on? Why does your gig turn you on? <laughs> people. I mean, we the, the, the ability to connect people and then who knows the next great idea is going to result from that. 
that. We have incredible minds in the Washington, D.C. area, and Boston is, as I said, the epicenter for the smartest people in this area. So your job, you're like the master connector. I feel like the mayor of, of Boston, the mayor of innovation, because that's uh-huh. what's happening. So your idea, your, your thought is in order to create more stuff, in order to launch more businesses, in order to cause more good, it's a matter of connecting exactly. the right people. Exactly. And you like being in the middle of all that I, stuff. Oh, we love it. We love it. And simple things, just connecting people through events, through art, uh, through a happy hour. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to come out of that. Mm-hmm. That's what's exciting. So it's all about the people. And you're the uh, you're the founder of this organization. Is this a nine to five kind of job oh, for you? Hell no. It's a lot longer uh-huh. than that, baby. So do you have to you have to work the weekends and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, sure, sure. Let me have the website address of this sure, it's organization. Balsambid.com, and, and you can download Balsam Connect mobile app. Let me have uh, let me have that website address one more Balsambid.com. time. It's B A. Give me the spelling on that. B A L L S D O N B I D dot com. Excellent. Your name again is Tina Leone. And the name of the organization is the Balsam Business Improvement District. And this has been your business spotlight back in a moment. We're back and you're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Josh Hart from Greybeard Coaching with my co-host, Haley Morris from Pressa, Chris Yoko from the Yoko Company, Andrea Dykes from Howard Insurance, Joe Meadows from Bean, Kinney & Corman, Alex Fleming from YHB CPA, and Jim Morgan from People Stretch Solutions. And it's my pleasure to introduce you to Sam Rahani. Sam, what is Option Corp for Senior America? Uh, we are an organization that provides home care services for the elderly in their own homes. And how big or how small is Option Corp for Senior America? We currently have 17 offices, most of which are on the East Coast. And uh, we have about 40 employees, office employees, and about 700 who work for us in the field. How did you get involved in Option Corp? From I was America? one of the co-founders, actually. Okay. So where did you grow up, Sam? Uh, I grew up in Beirut, Lebanon. Okay. Um, how did you get to the United States? Uh, actually, there was a uh, ex- foreign exchange program called American Field Service that I was fortunate enough to be selected to uh, come to the United States for one year, and that was my first introduction to America. Andrew? Tell um, us a- Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Excuse me. Andrew, sorry. And, uh, Andrew. Alex. Um, when you were a foreign exchange student, what was what was what are your interests as a student over here? What, what kind of what, what brought you to the United States and had, was interesting to you in the United States? Uh, yeah, uh, the, the one of the things that I think uh, I was encouraged to even uh, consider coming to the United States is my father is an American citizen. He is actually of Lebanese descent, but he was born in New York, lived in New York for a good part of his early life, about 30 years. Uh, so he encouraged me to consider that option. But when I came to the United States on this program, I was uh, assigned to a family in Oregon, uh, in the state of Oregon, and uh, one of the things that really impressed me about that city were the bridges, which uh, impacted me down the road in my adult life. I became an engineer as a result of that. Were you building things as a kid? Uh, actually, I was, uh, yes. Uh, I was probably about seven, eight years old when I started doing this. Uh, I was building from scratch uh, kites and uh, some small vehicles that uh, were made out of uh, wire. Andrea? So you just told us about your father. Tell us a little bit about mom. Uh, Mother was a very influential person on our character, um, myself and my siblings. Um, She was uh, very ethical in her approach to life in general. She really cared about every single person that she knew, whether it was a family member, a friend, uh, or a stranger that she just met for the first time. So that in itself was a very uh, positive impact that we all had from her. How do you take that to Options Corporation today? 
I, I think the fact that we are in, in an industry where loved ones are being cared for in their own homes uh, has a lot to do with compassion. So we, we bring that to the table day in and day out. We train our employees uh, in that respect um, because it's very important for us to really sit in the shoes of the other person when they're considering home care services for their loved one, and that's exactly what we do. And, and mom played a special role in Options Corporation as well. You were sharing in the green room. Tell us a little bit more about that. That's very true, very indirectly, but very uh, impactful way. Um, uh, she had uh, a medical issue. Uh, she was about 56 years old, and she had a tumor in her brain uh, that was operated on. And as a result of that, she became paralyzed, uh, immobile, basically, and speechless. And we had to care for her. So uh, we brought her over to the United States, and we were trying to find someone who would provide care for her on a 24-hour basis. Uh, it was a challenge for us. Uh, ultimately, we got someone, but my brother and I, my uh, middle brother, the one in the middle, not my oldest, but the, the one younger than him, and I decided that this may be something that we need to look into in terms of potentially starting a business that provides that service, and that's exactly how Options started. Joe? We were talking in the green room. You have a, a home healthcare business now, Prior to that, you owned and operated your own engineering firm. Your children are running their own sports um, stores. Your father was uh, ran a, a printing press of his own business. Where did you get this entrepreneurial spirit from? Uh, I, I think uh, you just mentioned a lot of the sources. Uh, a lot of that is, is kind of indirect in a way, uh, but at the same time, it kind of you live with it and becomes the norm. Uh, you know, to be able to start your own business and do something good for society, that was really the major uh, uh, umbrella of that desire to really be an entrepreneur. And I think that's what really drove that uh, outcome in myself and my children. Of course, it started with my father, as you mentioned. Chris? So you mentioned you're working with your brother at Options for America, Senior America, and obviously, you know, you learn a lot of the dynamic of how you work with your siblings growing up, and I imagine you guys don't fight over a ball or a toy or anything anymore, but how did that dynamic when you were younger uh, shape your working relationship now? Uh, very interestingly, when we were kids, uh, there's about the difference of five years between myself and the brother that I'm a partner with right now. We used to fight quite a bit, actually. I mean, physically fight quite <laughs> a bit. Uh, today, uh, obviously, we, we work very nicely together, although we do have our differences, our different opinions at times. And, and we take that as being really a very positive thing, because a lot of the times what we end up doing is sharing those different views and ending up with a resolution that is better than each one of our original thoughts and this has worked very nicely for us yes we uh, do get along and yes we do have disagreements but it's working out very nicely you mentioned that uh, you took the caring from your mother what characteristics did you bring from your father um, my father was very disciplined in his approach. He was very meticulous, uh, and he really was a perfectionist. He wanted everything to be done as best as possible. And, and I think that's the part of me that is the engineer. Uh, I think I picked that from my father, even though he was not an engineer, but uh, uh, he was very meticulous in his work. Were your parents able to see what you've built as far as a company from your mother's inspiration? Unfortunately, unfortunately not, uh, except at the early stages of options for Senior America. We've been around for 30 years, so she did see part of that, but not at the time as we grew to... What would they the think of what of you've become? Um, what were they thinking? What would they think? Of? Oh, uh, I'm sure they'd be very happy. Uh, they would not be surprised, but very happy. Being the youngest of four, has that translated into you being more flexible when you're dealing with your brother or building a business? 
um, because you are the youngest of four. It's actually a, a um, series of feelings that you have when you are the youngest of, of four. Uh, and I think uh, many of them are good, positive ones, and some of them may at times be not as good in terms of feelings. So at times you feel that perhaps you're neglected. That's not unusual. But at the same time, you feel that you're learning a lot from the siblings because they're the older ones. And my oldest brother is actually 12 years older than me. So at times I used to look up to him as potentially being my father, even though I knew he was not. My dad was always in the, in the picture. But uh, there was a lot of learning from my siblings. The theme of family keeps coming up. How does that translate today in what you're doing in Option Court for Senior America? I, I think we look at uh, options for Senior America as a company that is not necessarily only out there to make a profit. Of course, that's one of our goals. But more importantly, to really be able to contribute to families who are looking for home care services to their loved ones because we've lived that ourselves. And I think that in itself has made an impact. Uh, we, we get a lot of reviews right now and the reviews are really related to how compassionate we were. And I'm not talking about myself and my brother. I'm talking about the entire organization. Employees in our company get such reviews because they're trained to be that way. So uh, there was definitely a direct impact from the family-oriented uh, atmosphere, atmosphere that we lived in and what we're doing today at Options. So how are you paying that forward? I'm sorry? How are you paying that forward? Uh, basically, uh, you know, we, we want to continue to do this uh, and, and, and face the challenges that we know will be coming our ways uh, from, from the different aspects, um, uh, you know, of the business. Uh, the whole purpose of, of wanting to do the right thing in this industry is because we feel that it is a service that is needed. It is a very common service right now currently provided in the United States. It's very uh, popular. It's one of the growest industries in the United States. What's your website, Tim? It's uh, optionscorp.com. We've been speaking with Sam Rahani. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment. Want to help building your business with help from this show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues. Because our CEOs have been there and done that. They've succeeded in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars, and some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. And your name is? Ramon Parker. And Ramon, the name of the organization? Loud and Free Clinic. And you were telling me there's some, something special about the Loudon Free Clinic where every dollar that goes in does something else. What was that all about? Yeah, it does something magical. So for every dollar that's donated to our clinic, we can deliver $8 worth of care. And what kind of clinic is this? Who are, you, who are you helping out? What kind of stuff do you guys do? So we're helping out those who are 18 to 64 who are uninsured and low income, 200% or below the federal poverty level. And give me this thing about the math again. Give me how that works. So essentially, I have a, a staff of 12 individuals and 128 volunteers. 
So with that kind of payer mix, I'm able to deliver, you know, anywhere from eight dollars uh, in care for our patients. Because you've been able to enroll the support of so many volunteers, you're actually keeping the cost of health care down and therefore multiplying the dollars. And making one of the one of the best business investments for private corporations who want to invest. And didn't ah interesting. So private businesses and individuals can get involved. And didn't you Absolutely. tell me you had a couple of health care challenges yourself? What were they? I have. I've had four open heart surgeries and it helps me to understand what patients need. What are you talking about? What do you mean? So the idea of having been on the table or being a patient, I'm able to take a patient focus in how we deliver care differently than most people would. What do you, what do you learn from those experiences personally? What do you appreciate that most of us don't? I appreciate consistency. Um, I think that a, a staff at the hospital, nurses, providers, mm-hmm. parents, mm-hmm. family, all those people consistently being around me and consistently offering me hope uh, I'm so full of it that I have to offer that to the patients and to the staff when I'm working with them. What's the website address for the Loudon Free Clinic? Loudonfreeclinic.org. Let me have that one more time. L-O-U-D-O-U-N freeclinic.org. We've been speaking with your name again? Ramon Parker. And this has been your Business Spotlight. Thank you. We're back and you're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, John Chuhart from Grave Coaching with my co-host, Haley Morris from Cressa, Chris Yoko from the Yoko Company, Andrea Dykes from Howard Insurance, Joe Meadows from Bean, Kinney and Foreman, Alex Fleming from YHB CPA, and Jim Morgan from People Stress Solutions. It's my pleasure to introduce you to Seth Moore. Seth, what is T-Rex Solutions? Uh, we are a systems integrator for the federal government, specializing in cloud adoption and infrastructure optimization at the enterprise level, along with cybersecurity and data analytics. How large or how small is T-Rex Solutions? Uh, in terms of revenue, we're about uh, $400 million per year. And how'd you get involved? Uh, I started uh, my career with Lockheed Martin in the uh, federal government space, and um, after uh, about a 20-year career there, I was approached to, to come to, to T-Rex as a CFO, uh, and that was a great opportunity to, to further my career, and, and that's how I started there. And how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have one brother and one sister. Uh, my brother is two years younger than I am, and my sister is four years younger than I am. Okay. And uh, tell us a little bit about your parents. Uh, my parents are teachers. Both of them were teachers. My dad taught ninth grade English, and my mom taught physical education and uh, health. How did um, both your parents being teachers, their skills lead you to run a company, um, a large uh, technology company? I think, um, you know, my my father taught me um, to think of others first. He's a very selfless person, um, and that's one of the important things I learned from him. And my mom taught me about accountability, about holding myself accountable uh, to others, but also how to hold others accountable to their commitments and to do that in a very respectful and compassionate way. And also, how, you mentioned in the green room that you're very much an introvert, and it's very impressive being an introvert to be a CEO of a $400 million company. Um, how, what are challenges, and how have you overcome them? Yeah, it's, it's difficult. Um, I have to work hard to, to put myself in, in uh, situations where I have to be in a group setting or be talking in front of people. Um, and I learned early on in my career that those, those uncomfortable situations are the ones where you grow the most or, or learn the most. So now I just try to, to take advantage of those opportunities, and when there's something that's presented to me that's uncomfortable, uh, I dive in and, and try to, to learn from it. Andrew? You mentioned some pretty big lessons that your parents parents just taught you, and, and can you think of any examples early in life that uh, carry through to, to your work today or your role as a CEO today? Uh, yeah, growing up, I, I played sports, and I played team sports. Um, and I grew up in a small town, uh, and I was fortunate uh, in, in doing that, that 
Um, I was I was a little bit above average from an athletic perspective and, and was able to play positions that, that are naturally leadership roles. On, on the football team, I was a quarterback. On the baseball team, I was a shortstop. Um, and that, those, those gave me opportunities to uh, get out of my shell and, and kind of forced me into positions of leadership. Um, and I learned a lot from, from those roles as a child, not that I've converted into, into the, my leadership approach uh, as an adult. And you mentioned in the green room that you went to school where your father taught. What was that like for you? Yeah, that was an interesting experience. Um, you know, my father knew when I did something wrong before I did. Um, he, he knew uh, what my grades were before I knew what my grades were, uh, which was difficult. And it was also, you know, challenging in some respects in that um, you know, some of my peers and friends liked my father as a teacher and some of them didn't like my father as a teacher. So that, that created some, some friction um, uh, with my peers and, and I had to learn how to deal with that in, in a positive, productive way. You mentioned that you were playing sports and that you were a quarterback. Were you any good? <laughs> well. I wasn't as good as I would have liked to have been. Um, you know, interestingly enough, uh, I, I was offered scholarships to go to, to what at the time was called one AA schools, um, and I wanted to I wanted to go to Virginia Tech. That's where I wanted to go to school. Um, and if I was going to play, I wanted to play there. And they didn't offer me a scholarship, so so I um, took an opportunity to go to military school after high school, um, in the hopes that I would impress Virginia Tech enough that they would want me to come play there. Um, that was an interesting experience because uh, I was there because I wanted to, to get better at football, and, and most of the other teammates that I played with were there because they didn't have high enough SAT scores or they didn't have high enough grades to get accepted into the universities, but they already had Division I scholarships. So they were uh, much better athletes than I was, and they were you know, clearly um, you know, going places. And um, I was fortunate in that uh, you know, after the first two weeks in camp, they, they um, voted me to be the captain of the team, which was a, a huge surprise. Um, and you know, I think part of that was I, I played a position that was a leader, leadership position playing quarterback, but um, you know it, it was it was really helpful in, from a confidence perspective because um, I wasn't sure I was good enough to be there, and for them to vote me uh, to be their captain really gave me confidence and, and helped springboard me into you know successful successful leadership later in life. And you mentioned that that's a lesson that you bring into the work today as well. That uh, that you don't have to be the top person in there, but you surround yourself with other people. Yeah, you know, one, one of the things that I, that I believe in strongly is that you have to you have to surround yourself with people who are better than you. So my, my executive staff are all um, much better at what they do than, than, than I am. And, and they're, you know, people who uh, probably would be more successful in my role than, than I am. And, and that's why I surround myself with, with mm -hmm. those caliber people. And that's what's going to drive the organization to success. So right. what does being the captain of a football team, how does that translate to being a CEO of a uh, good-sized company? Well, I think there's a number of elements there. You know, one is organization and how you put the right people in the right place. Um, another is, uh, you know, dealing with interpersonal relationships and you know the different personalities that come in an organization and how you make those folks come together as a team and work together. Um, but it all boils down to how you treat people, uh, and, and you know that's extremely important to me and extremely important to us at T-Rex that, that we treat one another the right way. And I think that's going to uh, result in the best outcome. So, Seth, with uh, development of leaderships within T-Rex, uh, it sounds like a lot of your journey was being put in a position where you got a chance to demonstrate intrinsic capability that made you a good leader. What do you look for in terms of opportunities to develop leaders at T-Rex? I think the first thing is you have to be um, really capable at, at whatever your you know specific area of expertise is, and that's critical. But you also have to demonstrate that it's more important to treat others the right way than it is to, to win, quote unquote. Um, so, so we look for... The, the people who can fit in with the team um, the best. We look at different personality types. We do things like Myers-Briggs and DISC training to understand how people think and how they work so that we plug the right, the right people into the right roles to, to maximize success. Seth, what was your first job? 
Um, my first job was in my uncle's vinegar factory, so we, we bottled vinegar. How did that translate into your job to, to your role today? What, what did you learn from that job? Well, I think I think one of the important uh, learning lessons from that from that role is is that you know everybody's got a role on a team. Um, in the vinegar factory, that it was almost like an assembly line, and everybody had a very specific role that they played. And if everybody wasn't operating um, effectively, then it wasn't an efficient operation. You've talked uh, about your leadership skills being developed in the sports arena when you were younger, but I think you were mentioning in the green room there was also an aspect of protecting your siblings, and how did that also contribute to being a CEO and executive leader today? Yeah, so being the, the oldest of, of my siblings, you know, I felt a responsibility to look after them. Um, and I really wanted them to, to have the opportunity to learn from my experiences, whether you know, I made a poor decision or something that happened to me in life, I didn't want them to have to live through the same thing. Um, and you know, how that translates to, to my current role is, you know, I, I do try to, to look out for um, folks on the team, but I also try to give them the resources and the tools so that they can be successful and, and then let, let them hopefully to leverage from, from experiences that I have uh, so that we don't make the same mistakes more than once. What were you protecting your siblings from? Well, there, there were uh, you know, a number of things that you, biggest probably of which was, um, you know, bullying. I, I had some experiences early in life where I was um, bullied a little bit, and I didn't, I didn't want to see my siblings go through the same thing, so I was, I was trying to look after them from that standpoint. Mm -hmm. You mentioned you're an introvert. That's come up a couple of times. What, how does an introvert be a dad when he comes home after a long day of meetings and phone calls and talking to people and whatnot? I think the great thing about being a father and the great thing about kids is, is that they don't know what I do when I'm not at home. Um, and they've got no expectation uh, of of me to do uh, anything along those lines. So, you know, at home, I'm dad, and I, I get to get away from what I do um, at work, and it's it's a great release, and it's it's a great opportunity to, to spend time with my family. How old are those boys? They're eight and five. And what do they think about the name of your company, T-Rex Solutions? Yeah, both of my kids are big dinosaur fans, and we're very excited to hear that I work for a company called T-Rex. So I bring home all the little memorabilia that, that are dinosaurs to, um, for them to play with. Okay. What's your website address for T-Rex Solutions? The website is trexsolutionsllc.com. There's no hyphens, no dashes. T-R-E-X solutionsllc.com. I'm sorry. Give me that one more time. trexsolutionsllc.com. We've been speaking with Seth Moore, CEO of T-Rex Solutions. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment. And your name is... Mark Isaacson. And Mark, what organization are you with? Uh, IQU Health. And what, is, what makes IQU Health special? What do you guys do special? We are the folks that are taking the traditional healthcare system of the 20th century and moving to the 21st century by doing personalization for people and scaling personalization for people. So you're telling me that aside from going to the doc to get traditional medicine, I can come to this site and you're gonna, your site's going to help me understand how what kinds of stuff will help me. Yes, we have a cloud-based system that allows an individual to come in and do an assessment which is, is, is the ability to scale personalization for the first time. And then we include labs and genomics as well. So ultimately, if we have 330 million people in the U.S., we have 330 million unique, one-of-a-kind uh, recommendations and guidance. So as opposed to taking an aspirin and having the same effect on everybody, the truth is it doesn't. It does not because everyone's got unique biochemistry and unique genes, and, and our core healthcare system is really built around one size fits all managing symptoms and that's and and the way it's going to work in the future is everyone is unique and everyone needs their unique one of a kind.
We've been speaking with Seth Moore, CEO of T-Rex Solutions. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment. And your name is? Mark Isaacson. And Mark, what organization are you with? Uh, IQU Health. And what, what makes IQU Health special? What do you guys do special? We are the folks that are taking the traditional healthcare system of the 20th century and moving to the 21st century by doing personalization for people and scaling personalization for people. So you're telling me that aside from going to the doc to get traditional medicine, I can come to this site and you're gonna, your site's going to help me understand how what kinds of stuff will help me. Yes, we have a cloud-based system that allows an individual to come in and do an assessment which is, is, is the ability to scale personalization for the first time. And then we include labs and genomics as well. So ultimately, if we have 330 million people in the U.S., we have 330 million unique, one-of-a-kind uh, recommendations and guidance. So as opposed to taking an aspirin and having the same effect on everybody, the truth is it doesn't. It does not because everyone's got unique biochemistry and unique genes, and, and our core healthcare system is really built around one size fits all managing symptoms and that's and and the way it's going to work in the future is everyone is unique and everyone needs their unique one of a kind uh, so you're helping you're helping me understand what makes me unique and then how different kinds of stuff can affect me to help solve whatever's going wrong with me that is a hundred percent Correct. And you're, you're, you're running, this is a business affiliated with um, the pharmacy that's right across from the National Institute of Health, which has been in business 50 years, and you've assembled a whole mess of advisors around this. What's that website address again? So the website is IQYOUHealth.com. Let me have that one more time. IQYOUHealth.com. And we've been speaking with Mark Isaacson, who is the, what title do you have? CEO. Of IQ Health. Thank you very much. This is John Schuhart. Join us, joining us for our business spotlight is Barry File. Who are you with, Barry? I'm with Celebrate Fairfax, a and 501c3 nonprofit in Fairfax, Virginia. And what do you do with uh, Celebrate Fairfax? I am very fortunate to be the president and CEO of the organization. So what does Fairfax, or excuse me, Celebrate Fairfax do? We have a mission to celebrate Fairfax County and its communities. We serve the 1.1 million people who live in the county and all, as well as all the people who uh, visit and work there. So uh, what do you enjoy about working at Celebrate Fairfax? It is the best job in the world. It is. We come to work every day, my team and I, and we get to prepare and plan and produce events for 75,000, 100,000 people, and we treat them like, we think of them like, like they are our friends. So, so we get to come in and, and just plan great events for them. What makes those events so special? We try to be unique uh, within this region especially, but we're always trying to stretch the envelope of what people expect from events. People go to events because they want to have great experiences, and for us, we are always trying to give them that return on investment because they're not giving us necessarily a lot of money when they come to our event, but they are giving us their time and their energy, and that's an important thing. People want that ROI back. So did you ever think you'd be doing this when you were a kid? No, never. I, I think that when I was a kid, I, I, was, I was building things, designing things, and somewhere along the line, I fell into events and realized that it was a natural extension for me, that I just loved producing things. So what was it about being a kid that led you to this? Um, I think that it was just the challenges that were there. I always tried to figure out solutions to problems that didn't exist, and uh, that's what we do now. It's, it's the same principle. So when do you first start overcoming big challenges as a kid? Uh, I think I always was. I think that uh, I lived in a household with two older kids, parents who had their own things going on, and I think for me, I just always uh, tried to find my own way. What's your website? 
Our website is CelebrateFairfax.com. This is John Schuart, and this has been your Business Spotlight. Want help building your business with help from the show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow assuming you've ser- you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, we may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. We've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. To hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. One help building your business with help from the show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money. All the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow, assuming you've ser- you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, we may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. We've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com to hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back and you're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. It's my pleasure to introduce to you Bao Vaughn. Bao, what is Y Hotel? Uh, y Hotel is a pop-up hotel operator. We partner with 
uh, multifamily developers who build large uh, institutional quality assets, and uh, it takes anywhere naturally anywhere from nine to. 12 to 18 months to fill these uh, buildings with uh, long-term renters. So we come in, we take 100 or so units, fully furnish them, and run a 24-7 operated hotel out of them. Cool. How large or how small is Y Hotel? Uh, y Hotel has about 72 employees uh, with about 200 keys right now. And how'd you get involved? Uh, I was uh, invited by my co-founder to join uh, Jason Fuden. Okay. How did he invite you, and what were you doing at the time? Yeah, so I was uh, working for a large uh, real estate developer based here uh, in D.C. at the time, and um, Jason at one time uh, was my employee uh, at P.N. Hoffman, a day short of a year. Um, Really hard to keep great employees, so his previous company uh, lured him back. And so uh, Jason came up with the idea as a part of that company. Um, I remember the day that he came up with it. Um, he was down in Miami on a boys trip and called me and said, I have this brilliant idea for uh, more efficient use of assets and kind of walked me through it. Well, was that a risky move for you? And were you a risky person when you were a kid? Yeah. Um, it was uh, it was absolutely a risky move for me. Um, I think that you know, as a young child, I, I was very much more, I guess, risk tolerant. And as time grew on, um, I became less risk tolerant. Um, worked for mostly large companies at the time and um, focused and looked for large brands to work for. And so this, to me, uh, leaving what was a really stable um, job that had a lot of growth potential to start something new uh, was a very difficult decision. So uh, you certainly endured some risk earlier uh, in your life. Where were you born? Uh, I was born in uh, Vietnam. And where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Um, Luckily, uh, at the time when I I was born, uh, living in Vietnam, uh, my mom had an opportunity to um, enroll us into um, a lottery to come over here to the to the United States. Um, it was through a church, and um, there was definitely some some risk associated with putting our, our name in the lottery. Uh, at the time, uh, the, the government wasn't too favorable or too happy uh, with families who were doing that. Uh, but we, my mom took the risk, put us in, and luckily uh, we won the lottery. So, what was the uh, the biggest impact on that on you as a kid? Um, I, I think that um, you, you, you have to be a risk taker um, at times. And so I, I really think of myself as uh, you know, a calculated risk ta- taker. Um, and so I think I would never have the, have the opportunity to um, grow up here in the U.S. and to really have the opportunity to start my own business uh, without that initial risk taking from my mom. Mm-hmm. Andrea? So tell us a little bit more about mom and dad. When they came to the United States, what did they do for work? Uh, so my mom uh, was a factory worker. Uh, she worked for AT&T, and my dad was um, a janitor and also worked in a warehouse, um, a forklift driver. And you mentioned that mom sort of was entrepreneurial in spirit and, and took on a lot of, of, of hard work. Uh, she wasn't home a lot. How did that uh, affect you growing up? Yeah. Um, so. My mom worked uh, really long hours and, and worked in the evening, um, worked on the weekends uh, a lot. And But one of the things that I always noticed was that she was always trying to improve herself, um, improve herself uh, mentally, improve her situation, improve our situation. So uh, my mom, um, uh, 
purchased and started a uh, uh, purchased a, um, a frame shop. Um, she was also an owner in a Chinese restaurant for a time. Um, she also got her uh, barber's license. And and how does how does that hard work ethic and and everything that you've just described translate to to the work you do today? Um, I think it's all about perseverance, and especially when you're a startup, um, you have limited resources. Um, you have to be scrappy, um, and you have to constantly pivot. And I think that that's one of the things that we try to do um, at Y Hotel is that um, we, we try to be efficient uses with our resources. And really, you know, our whole business model is based upon that premise: is efficient efficiency. Jim, uh, tell us about the first time you started making money. Yeah, um, I had uh, I worked for as as a camp counselor um, for many years. I'd volunteered as a counselor in training uh, at a YMCA camp, and finally at 16, uh, I was old enough to actually get paid for uh, what I really enjoyed doing. What made you different than all the other counselors? Um, I think one of the things is that I was really passionate about what I was doing, and with that. Um, I brought a lot of energy and enthusiasm and love for what I was doing. And I, I think in many ways, um, it helped me to become the leader I am today. Because I, I think that, you know, kids at that age, um, they they find people that um, are excited and happy and love what they do. And so um, I really thought of myself as a, a little bit of a mini leader to them. So you bring that passion to the startup as well today? Absolutely. Um, I think that that's one of reasons why um, we have such a great um, um, team that we do today is because um, we're passionate about what we do. Um, and I think that passion exudes and, and goes down through the entire organization. It's, it's not because of what we pay them. I think they really believe in what we do. What was one of the first times you were an entrepreneur, though? Uh, one of the, um, I started uh, with my brother and a good friend. Uh, we had limited resources growing up. Um, we, I know my, my brother and I had the same white British night shoes. Um, we had had them for a really long time. Um, they were super dirty. Um, so we mixed together 49 and a couple other uh, cleaning solutions to, to clean our shoes. Um, it made our shoes bright white again. And we were like, this is brilliant uh, of a product. And so we should go door to door selling it. And how did that company do? Um, unfortunately, um, we did not do enough business planning, um, and it cost us uh, more to make the product than we could sell it for. So, uh, quickly closed up shop after that. So, what? How do you? What does that bring today? How does that bring? How did you bring that forward in today in your business and startup? Yeah, I, I think that. Um, Passion is good, but then you all and, and excitement is good, but you also have to balance that with business planning uh, and good modeling and good um, projections uh, into the future. And so uh, that's what we try to do. Uh, with you guys coming over from Vietnam at such an early age, what influence did you get from each parent uh, as they adapted to the U.S. and how does that play into what you guys do at Y Hotel? Yeah, um, I think from from my dad, um, he was always. Um, caring about people and he was always a happy person um, and he was pretty um, even keel um, and so I think that's one of the things that I didn't 
appreciate for startup uh, folks um, is that how up and down the business is. And so um, within you know a matter of a few hours, you're, you're on a high and you're on a really low low. And so I think bringing that um, even keenness and also that uh, positive attitude um, every day to the team helps to kind of keep that, keep, uh, I guess, a, a level group. Um, for my mom, it, it, it's really um, that do whatever it takes attitude, right? Um, it's um, breaking down any barrier that's in your way um, to, to ultimately be successful. Um, and so um, that um, helps to push us forward as a team and hopefully um, our our team uh, gets uh, feels that also. And you've mentioned that you're fun loving and you you seem it. And I'm wondering how that plays into your success and how it also can be a challenge if it is at all, because um, you can just tell by talking to you how fun loving and happy you are. Yeah. Um I think that that definitely plays into um, a lot of our success, and it's really what we spend a lot of time talking about um, at Y Hotel is people, um, people first, and so that's not only the guests that stay with us, uh, that's our partners also, um, and then that's also, um, you know, how we how we treat our employees, um, and so. No, I was going to say, and you mentioned having to kind of navigate between your mom and your dad growing up um, after they got divorced, and you're still this fun, it sounds like throughout you were a counselor and you have a successful business and you have a great personality, so how did you handle it? Um, I, I think... Number, one, I think the biggest thing is that is, is being you know adaptable, right? Um, and that you know you, you're going to have ups and downs and positives and negatives um, in your life, and it's all about um, make it, it's all about rolling with the punches and not letting anything kind of hold you down um, and keeping a positive spirit. Bow, what's your website address? Uh, our website is whyhotel.com. W H uh, Y. Uh, hotel.com. We've been speaking with Bavong. Our guests today have been Molly Pompadith, CEO and co-founder of SOAR Community Networks, Sam Rahani, COO and partner of Options for Senior America, Seth Moore, CEO of T-Rex Solutions, and we just spoke to Bavong, co-founder and president of Y Hotel. I'm John Shuhart from Graber Coaching, and I want to thank my co-host Haley Morris from Cressa, Chris Yoko, from, Yoko, excuse me, from the Yoko Company, Andrea Dykes from Howard Insurance, Joe Meadows from Bean, Kinney, and Corman, and Alex Fleming from YHB CPA, and Jim Morgan from People Stretch Solutions. They did a great job in helping make for a good show tonight. Also, I'd like to thank our listening audience for listening. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a radio show. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.